In honour of Sickle Cell Awareness Month, in this week's episode, I catch up with specialist dietitian Claudine Matthews, a world-renowned expert on the theme of nutrition in sickle cell. We explore evidence-based nutrition tips for sickle cell warriors. I always like to talk a little bit about the, the science side of stuff because I think that provides the context for people to understand why we would advocate for them to be eating certain foods. So coming straight back into the food, what types of foods? I'll also be announcing details of this week's giveaway for one lucky listener. It's a jam-packed episode with loads of insights. I'm your host, Dr. Yemsi Bokini, and welcome to the Food Clinic Podcast. The Food Clinic Podcast is powered by the Royal Society of Chemistry. Claudine is a specialist dietitian with over 13 years of clinical experience in the NHS in the UK. She has dedicated the last eight years pioneering the nutrition landscape in sickle cell disease and is the author of the world's first ever national nutrition standards for sickle cell. Claudine is currently in her final year of a PhD with research focusing solely on integrating nutrition into sickle cell health provision. Claudine, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Sickle cell is such a common condition, um, mainly affecting people of African and Caribbean heritage, but also people of um, Indian and um, Asian heritage as well, um, Arab um, heritage. So it's been a, it's a pleasure to have you on this podcast to discuss such an important theme. Thank you so much for that wonderful and warm um, welcome. And thank you for the invitation to speak on a topic that I feel really passionate about. Coming back to sort of my experience of sickle cell um, in, in the UK, which is where I, I'm based, um, it is known as one of the fastest growing genetic disorders in, in the UK. And it is also one of the common um, genetic disorders in the UK. So, you know, it's a growing sort of population um, and nutrition in sickle cell, sort of that area is, is a growing and developing area. And like you kindly pointed out, I am actually doing my doctorate in, in that area because, you know, there is a need for more service provision in, in that area. And you and I have, um, you know, we've had many discussions on this. And when you break it down of what sickle cell actually does, so, you know, it's a blood condition, it affects the uh, red blood cells, it reduces the amount of oxygen red blood cells can carry, and it can cause a range of complications from organ damage to increased risk of infections, etc. And I remember when we had our conversations before and we're discussing about the nutritional elements, and it makes sense when you break it down, when you break down the science, it makes sense of things that we can advise in the context of sickle cell to try and improve health outcomes. And I think you're doing a great work by being that person, especially in the UK, who's trying to bring all of that together and and integrate that as part of routine sickle cell um, care and advice in the UK. So um, it's an honor to have you on the podcast, right? Um, so let's break it down. Let's break it down. We agreed that there's so much that we could potentially discuss in the context of nutrition and sickle cell when you when you when you think about the science of how things work. But we agreed that we'll touch on on three um, elements so that people can perhaps maybe start implementing in their lives. So tell us a bit about the the first one that you'd like people with sickle cell to be aware of. People who take care of people with sickle cell to be aware of in the context of of nutrition. Thank you, Yemisi. So 
I always like to talk a little bit about the the science side of stuff because I think that provides the context for people to understand why we would advocate for them to be eating certain foods. And I know some of the terms that you might hear on the podcast might be, oh, I've never heard that or I've heard it and I don't understand. But I'm going to start with the first one. And you may have heard this term before called chronic hemolysis. So all that term actually means is the rapid breakdown of red blood cells. Now, normally in our bodies, our red blood cells for, 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 for non-sickle cell people, our red blood cells would live for about 120 days. So that's about three months. But for a sickle cell patient, that is significantly re- reduced down to about 16 to 31 days. So, so that's an important thing to understand. And for many sickle cell patients, you know, going through this process on a day-to-day basis, they end up experiencing what's called, you know, they what they will describe as being tired and fatigued. But more than that, in this process of this rapid breakdown of the red blood cells, another process um, happens, and that's called oxidative stress, another big term. But actually what that that refers to is that there's an imbalance of protective compounds or substances and harmful substances in the blood vessels of sickle cell patients. And the oxidative stress is is almost uh, an an effect of this imbalance of those harmful substances. Um, And one way that the body actually naturally tries to reduce the effects of this oxidative stress is by requiring antioxidants. So what antioxidants does is they actually try and counter or reduce the harmful effects of this process that I've mentioned called oxidative stress. And there are a number of foods in the body that actually form part of what we would call antioxidants. So they actually try and, as I said, they reduce that oxidation, that uh, the effect that oxygen can have on, you know, the harmful um, substances that that I mentioned. So coming straight back into the food, what types of foods will actually, um, you know, is classed as antioxidants? And I'll start with some of the vitamins. Um, So we've got the three vitamins that are sort of clear antioxidants, and that's vitamins A, vitamin C and vitamin E. You may already have heard of that, but with the vitamin A, many people will know vitamin A as the one that helps with sight. Um, but and think about carrots, you know, the the, the orange um, sort of um, type of foods and also the green, um, the green leafy types of foods. So um, your orangey foods, as I mentioned, the carrots, things like apricots, peaches, um, you know, I've got a list there that I've written down so I know I can give you sort of um, even more food. So tomatoes as well contains a good amount of um, vitamin A as well as watermelon. So there's a, a range of foods that will provide the body with with, with amounts of, of vitamin A that can work as antioxidants, uh, you know, in the body of someone with sickle cell disease. And then the other vitamin is vitamin C. So lots of people would have heard of vitamin C. So you think of citrus fruits in, in the first instance, your oranges, your clementines, your um, satsumas, that type of, um, of, of fruits. But you also have things like berries, strawberries, um, cantaloupe is a is a is a is a good example of that as well. Broccoli, you know, your green um, leafy vegetables, things like, and I know in the tropical areas, guavas, kiwis, papaya, 
green leafy um, vegetables, you know, all those foods are classed under this vitamin C or, or, or good sources of vitamin C that can also provide the body with this antioxidant properties that we that we need to try and, as I said, reverse or stop the effects of um, the, um, the oxidative stress. And then the third vitamin is vitamin E. So you've got this, it's almost, you can think about or try to remember it as ACE, vitamin A, C, and E. So vitamin E, the foods that will um, provide sources of vitamin E in the body are things like avocado. And I know, again, I, I certainly love avocado. I don't know about you, but, you know, that's a food that I tend to have sort of on most days in the week, but also eggs. And I, I like having sort of avocado on toast with a boiled egg. I like that combination. And that's a good way to actually boost um, and enhance your vitamin E uh, content. And then things like grains and legumes. Um, and, you know, that may be foods that you're not already having in, in your diet in, in, in enough amount. So just thinking about variety as well. So essentially what that the foods I've mentioned already, although they fit nicely under these sort of nutrient um, headings, what it speaks to is that it's important to have variety yeah, in the diet and just a few more foods um, that comes under that provides the body with um, vitamin E. So wheat germ oil is a good source. Um, green leafy vegetables, we've, we've already mentioned that with the vitamin A um, is a good source of vitamin E as well. And then um, things like your under the legumes, things like your lentils, your different types of beans, your pinto beans, your um, haricot beans, butter beans. So all of those foods collectively would really help to increase the antioxidant um, nutrients that the body needs to try and, and, and reduce the effects of that um, uh, oxidative stress that, that I mentioned. There's a couple more foods. Shall I carry on or do you want to come in at well, that I point? Think, well, well, I think, I think you know, one, one thing I think is crucial from what you're saying is, you know, just to summarize, essentially the process of having sickle cell is that red blood cells break down quicker than they should do in most people. And therefore it creates this imbalance that you mentioned and that imbalance causes oxidative stress. And that's potentially uh you know causes many issues including that issue of feeling fatigued and tired and you've crucially you've mentioned three crucial vitamins i'm sure there's so many others uh, which are very good at having that antioxidant effect and potentially reducing the amount of fatigue and tiredness that that someone with sickle cell might experience i feel like that's very very useful and beneficial and obviously depending on where we are in the world right um depends on the sorts of foods that are available to us that might have um these nutrients so wherever you are um in the context of whatever foods are available to you um try and source out those foods that are very rich in vitamins a vitamin c and vitamin e and you know generally a healthy diet in in, in general will provide you with lots of antioxidants but let's move on to the next um stage right so we've got antioxidants that are crucial to counter that hemolysis that you mentioned Tell us mm -hmm. a bit about what other things people with sickle cell might be able to incorporate in their lives to to improve outcomes. Yeah, so the the other group that I that I I 
wanted to share is the anti-inflammatories. So going back to the explanation that I gave of what happens during this process of chronic hemolysis and the oxidative stress, we've mentioned that. So the consequence of the impact, if we don't take enough of these antioxidant foods, then the consequence of that is a process called um, chronic uh, or inflammation. Now, inflammation is actually, you, you may have heard it, it's something that happened, you hear of it all the time. But actually, inflammation is part of the immune system. So it's a normal, healthy function of the immune system. But what happens in the presence of this ongoing oxidative stress that, that happens for sickle cell patients, you've got this chronic inflammation process that continues to happen. And it's actually that process that can cause the damage, you know, to the tissues and to the organs over time. And so they are Importantly, there are foods that you can have that has been described as anti-inflammatory foods. Um, and particularly the food that I want to share is the omega-3 fatty acids. So again, in the sickle cell context, you may not have heard it of omega-3. You may have heard of omega-3, but maybe more in a, a heart disease sort of context rather than in um, sort of sickle cell context. But there has been research done to show that really good effects when, when sickle cell patients have and take in a good amount of um, the omega-3 fatty acids. And so the foods commonly um, associated with the omega-3 fatty acids would be your fish, so your oily fish. So fish uh, like salmon, mackerel, I, I love mackerel, I love the salmon, can be a bit costly, but those fish, um, sardines, um, herring, uh, trout, you know, though the oily fishes are definitely sort of really um, um, important, I would say, sources of of um, omega three fatty acids, but then you also have on the on the, um, the um, nuts, you know, different types of nuts and the oil of the nuts. So walnuts, you know, and walnut oil is a really good source of omega three acids. I'm just going to check, and then hemp oil. So these are things you may not have heard before, but hopefully through the podcast you will have some awareness now, and you can go and you know look at it in a little bit uh, more detail. And shops like Holland and Barrett or your health shops would be carrying these types of sort of uh, um, products um, for you to have a look at and get some information about, and perhaps consider if you want to include that in your diet. So things like flax seeds. So you could either have the seeds sprinkled on on food, either in smoothies or on porridge or cereal. Flaxseed oil is another good source uh, of omega-3s. Canola oil, again, oils you may not have heard. Maybe you're using a different type of oil and maybe now you have to think, oh, you know, I heard the dietitian say canola oil is a, is, is a good type of oil. So maybe, you, you know, you can consider doing a swap uh, and, and that sort, sort of thing. And Claudine, so that a final piece of advice that you'd like to give a people sickle cell, you know, in the context of nutrition, what would that be? So it's coming back to um, another important nutrient, vitamin D. Um, again, it's been growing sort of, you know, in its popularity in, in what, what we know and understand about vitamin D, but in the context of the conversation we're having and in terms of immunity and boosting the immune system, vitamin D has some sort of um, important role in enhancing the, um, the immune system. 
And so in addition to what we've already spoken about, the antioxidants, the anti-inflammatory foods I mentioned, so with vitamin D, we all know, or maybe not, um, vitamin D, we need lots of sunlight. Um, so for us, you know, depending on where you are, if you are in Africa, Caribbean or wherever, you, you will get more sunlight than others. But sunlight, certainly, particularly for people with darker sort of complexions, will need a lot more sun exposure. Um, and that is the best source of vitamin D for all of us. So if you can be in the sun, um, then that would be a really helpful thing. But if you can't be in the sun, like sometimes in the UK, although we've got lots of sun at the moment, then there are certain foods that you can sort of take in your diet that will help to increase the vitamin D level. And so foods like, again, thinking about what type of diet and lifestyle you follow, but foods like butter, um, eggs, um, fatty fish. We already spoke about fatty fish in the context of um, anti-inflammatories, fatty fish like salmon, uh, mackerel, um, herring, um, sardines, that sort of thing. Cod liver oil. So I, I know of people that say, I grew up you know, with cod liver oil. So if you are one of those people, good on you. But if you're not, you know, that may be something that you want to think about, particularly with the little ones as well, you know, in, in terms of trying to use a more natural sort of product to try and, and increase the vitamin D levels. Um, if you are follow a normal diet, you are able to eat meat. Meat is a good sort of um, source of vitamin D. Organ meats for some people who enjoy that. Some people don't, but others enjoy organ meats. And then importantly, the vitamin D fortified foods. So a lot of food because in some areas, vitamin D, we don't have exposure to the sunlight. There, there are foods that have been fortified with vitamin D and particularly your cereals, you know, so breakfast cereals, um, flowers, that sort of thing will be fortified. So again, I will encourage you look at the products and just check to see if it's been fortified with vitamin D and try and buy those foods um, to try and enhance your vitamin D level that way. And, you know, especially in the context of vitamin D, um, I feel like well, obviously, depending on where you are, um, it makes a big difference, as you've mentioned. You know, if you've got a lot of sun, then you should be okay. Um, but I feel like I in there's some countries that no matter how hard you try in terms of increasing vitamin D um, through nutrition, it's going yeah. to be a challenge, right? Because it's going to be a challenge. Zero. So some, in those instances, um, in those instances, supplements, uh, vitamin D supplements, especially, totally. you know, winter period, Winter period totally. in the in, in Europe, winter period in North America, etc. Um, I feel like uh, there's some instances where this, uh, vitamin D supplement is pretty much like going to be like the only way it, to get it, sufficient. Totally, amounts. and certainly in the context of of sickle cell disease, there there are recommendations out there that sickle cell patients have a supplement um, of vitamin D. Um, and again, I would say speak to your um, your clinician. Um, and just double check what sort of type levels or amounts of um, international units of vitamin D you, sh you should be taking. Um, but that is a recommendation, particularly in, in the sequel context. And, you know, vitamin D has so many roles in our body. Uh, it's too many to name. Um, but I think uh, if you could just reiterate in the context of sickle cell, why having adequate levels of vitamin D is important, that would be very helpful. Yeah, I think in the context of our conversation, so vitamin D, there's lots of roles. If the, you know, the the or the important function of vitamin D is for bone health. You know, 
but in the context of sickle cell, so in addition to the bone health, it is it does have a role to enhance or boost the the immune system. So this actually enhances how well the immune system can work. So so cumulatively, I would say vitamin D plus your omega three, your anti-inflammatory type foods plus your antioxidant type foods, all of those foods together will, will definitely help to boost and enhance how well your immune system is able to work and counter, as I said, the effects of oxidative stress um, in, in your body. And I think that's important to state because although we've mentioned that with sickle cell, some of the most obvious uh, symptoms is, is pain, um, but that there's also increased risks to a wide range of infections. So some people are essentially taking um, medication to prevent infections on a regular basis. People with sickle yes. cells. So, so having adequate levels of vitamin D, which we know has a crucial role in our immune system, is important for ensuring our immune system is as good and as strong as is possible to also prevent um, infections, which people with sickle cell are at increased risks of. Yeah, I want to just add before we close, um, zinc and the role of zinc, because we know that sickle cell patients have lower zinc levels as well as selenium. So both those two um, minerals, so now we're talking about minerals, both those minerals, they actually also work towards, they are also um, antioxidants, so they have antioxidant properties in the same as the vitamin A, C, and E, um, but they also have a, an additional role in boosting the immune system, enhancing how well the immune system can work. So those two groups are, of nutrients um, are equally important and should almost be added to what we've already sort of mentioned to, to sort of really hone in on the foods that can maximize and maximally support how well um, the the immune system of a patient with sickle cell can work. So some of the foods, just very quickly, because I know we're going to wrap up. So in terms of zinc, so um, pecan nuts, if you like nuts, pecan nuts, some people are allergic, so be very careful. But nuts, eggs, fish, poultry, herring, oysters. And again, if you follow vegetarian, vegan, and those foods don't fall into that um, sort of category, you may need to consider mum, you may need to consider a, a, a multivitamin mineral type of supplement to try and ensure that you get adequate amounts of zinc. And then with selenium, Brazil nuts are a good source, organ meats, tuna, oysters, herring. And again, I'm going to say in the context of the type of diet and lifestyle you're following, if you're following vegetarian or vegan and those foods fall outside of the, the food groups that you do eat as part of your normal diet and lifestyle, then, you know, considering a supplement in, in that case that can cover, you know, those nutrients. But, you know, just in, 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 in summary then, in terms of foods that can um, reduce the effects of that oxidative stress that we said in the beginning is your vitamins A, C, and E, your main antioxidants. We spoke about the um, omega-3s as anti-inflammatories. Um, your oily fish, a really good example there, canola oil, flaxseed oil, walnut oil, so different nuts and, and different oils there. Um, at, we spoke about vitamin D. And, you know, we spoke about the importance of supplementation um, in the context of sickle cell in terms of, you know, boosting and enhancing your um, immune system. But then we also now just brought in zinc and selenium to some of, bring that to a, to a rounded 
sort of close. Um, and yeah, so if I think, you know, the viewers listening, um, if even if they can sort of, you know, have a think about what they're already having, you know, and 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 look at what are the gaps, what can I add in? Um, there is a really good, um, I just want to end with this, a um, eatmail guide that's been developed specifically for African and Afro-Caribbean uh, populations by the um, Diverse Nutrition Association. So I think if you Google that, that it's a really good um, sort of, representation of the, the various foods that are eaten by the populations, the African population, as well as the Afro-Caribbean. So that's a really good resource I would point you to um, so that you can get the, you can recognize the types of foods specifically from your traditional food. Yes. And, and you know, um, I, I feel like it, it's crucial. I, th I think it's good that you mentioned that because there's so many foods that um, that are eaten by people of African Caribbean heritage, Asian heritage, that are perhaps maybe not as quote unquote mainstream. And so therefore there mm -hmm. isn't really that much insight in terms of mm -hmm. what nutrients are in there. I mean, I, I do like this photo series called the Superfood Map, which talks about right. different ingredients and the nutrients in those ingredients because they're not necessarily easy to find. So I think it's mm -hmm. helpful that you mentioned that guide and anyone who's um, curious can can look that up um, and also check out the superfood map as well. Thank you so much for the work that you do um, in advocating for more awareness of sickle cell and um, nutrition, nutrition in the context of sickle cell. You're very welcome. Thank you. This week's giveaway is a book by author and dietitian Emily Cooper titled The Easy Superfood Cook. And in it, you'll find 75 plus free nutrition packed recipes. To enter, all you have to do is subscribe to our newsletter at drtmc.com. If you haven't already, do that right now. Next Wednesday, you receive an email and all you have to do is answer the following question. Which three vitamins did Claudine name as crucial antioxidants? The Food Clinic podcast is powered by the Royal Society of Chemistry.